Hey guys, it's me, your new best friend Sloan, and thank God it's Sunday because we've got to talk. It's the second official Sunday of Sundays with Sloan, and I'm feeling really weird about it. Like, I'm going to have to do this, like, every Sunday. I mean, I don't have to, but, like, I've put so much energy into doing this and so much, like, push on it from social media that there's just, like, no going back now. So, like, here we are. It's officially the second Sunday, which it really isn't leaps and bounds or anything but like it feels like okay I'm gonna get a rhythm of this and it's gonna become a thing this week was really hard for me it's so funny like I feel like the questions that I get in that all seem to like relate to each other sorry I'm adjusting on my bed right now you guys would slap me in the face if you saw how fucking like comfy my setup is it's so not professional I have literally attached the podcast mic to a dresser drawer on my dresser by my bed so that I can like lay back in bed it's like fucking pathetic but like anyway I feel like the things that you guys send in to me every week are always so pertinent in my life that I'm like is it just me or is everyone aware of all of the things that I'm going through personally in my life like okay so this week's topic, if you guys didn't already see like on the Instagram, is uh, insecurities and self-worth. And dude, I've like come full circle this week having to process those emotions like right front and center. Like it's been so rough. Oh, so rough. Like it's officially been the hardest week that I've had in Portland. Like granted it's only been about three and a half weeks now, but like fucking Jesus, man. Like I got a job and it's as of today going so well. Like I'm really, really excited and we'll talk more about that later. But like at the beginning of this week when I was taking, you know, questions and comments, topics, whatever, um, which is usually the Monday after the Sunday that I release the podcast, which is probably how it'll always be, um, unless it se- works out another way. But in- until something happens, that's just how I'm going to do it. I had not gotten a job yet, like officially. I was still kind of waiting for the callback from this place that I work at now. And I was getting so impatient and so shitty and I was really like getting down on myself. So it's so funny that everything that was written in was like about Self-worth, insecurities, insecurities in the workplace. I was like, are y'all all outside of my fucking window right now? Or like, what's going on? So throughout the whole week, like, okay, I'm recording right now and it's Friday. You guys will be hearing this on Sunday. But right now as a Friday. I've spent the entire week like procrastinating, getting down on this and like chewing on this because I was just like, I don't feel like I have the sense of self enough to even talk about this insightfully because I'm in such a fucked up place right now that I don't have a good grip on my self-worth and my insecurities, you know, and I was really trying to nail down, like, was I going to interview someone? Who am I going to interview? Like, I couldn't think of anybody that was going to be like, spark some good dialogue and something refreshing and creative for all of us to 
participate in and to be, you know, honestly, like good. Sorry, I'm moving the mic if that was loud. Um, Like any good dialogue, you know, so I just went about my week and it was good that I put out the first rapid fire episode, which I love those. Those are fun for me and they're really low um, stakes like projects. So please like send me fun, cute questions if you don't feel like like unloading some shit on me not that every Sunday podcast has to be like some big emotional like epic you know what I'm saying but like if you feel like just asking a fun question or being like quick like help me blah 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 I I love those and we'll always have like a rapid fire for that and those will be nice and refreshing to throw into the middle of a week I'll I'll be putting those out pretty much every Wednesday um, as long as you guys keep sending me stuff which is so great and I really encourage you guys to send more things because for every like hundred views I get on each Instagram story or whatever when I'm asking, I only get like six to 12 replies. So like, come on, y'all, I see you. I have the receipts. Like I know y'all have big ass lives with lots of fucking questions and shit y'all go through. Like, don't be selfish. Share with the class, you know? So this entire week, like I was saying, has been like I've gone through the entire alphabet of emotions, like beginning of the week, feeling desperate, insecure, low self-worth, like just being like, I'm fucked. I can't pay rent. La-di-da. Like I'm not getting callbacks because I'm not good enough. Like all of that shit that does no, it doesn't do any good. It just fits that negative narrative. That's so like addicting to have when you're in a bad spot already and you just want to keep digging your own fucking grave. So that's what I was doing. Then I put out the rapid fire. Then I get on that day, as you guys heard in the in the rapid fire, if you listen to it, if not, go back. It's like fucking 16 minutes. Like, what are you doing for 16 minutes? Like, go listen to it. Get in the shower, take a bath, make some dinner, do your dishes. Listen to me talk like, hello, I'm here. I'm your friend. I'm coming over to hang out. Answer the fucking door. I'm outside. I've been outside all fucking week. I've been outside since Wednesday. So like, what the fuck? But anyway, I got the call back that morning. Um, that they were offering me the job. And then as of today, like I said, Friday, I've had now two training shifts. I'll be doing my own shift tomorrow. And let me just tell you, this place is definitely where I was meant to be. Everyone there I look up to, they seem so established in their places. It's such a different workspace than I've ever been in. It's so, uh, everyone there is quite a bit older than me and definitely because of that have had more life experience in the service industry and I just feel like I have a lot to learn from them and that's really exciting. It makes me feel like the call to the wild that I had to like move out here and keep going and do something different is being answered now. I just needed to be more patient than I was, I guess, and that's why this week is such a good subject because it comes back down to self-worth and insecurities and how I was letting those overcome me and take away from my patience and being like, you know what? It'll come because I am worthy and I have a good work ethic and I'm a good person and la-di-da, you know? And I wasn't letting that dialogue, that internal dialogue come to the surface. Instead, I was leaning into those old, like, addicting habits of being like, you're not shit, you're fucked up, you're gross, no one likes you, no one wants to hire you. Because you're, you know, whatever, all of that internal dialogue that is personal to me and the way that I talk myself down. But uh, yeah, so it's been a full week of coming around full circle. And I've got to say, I feel really good today. I think I made like a, an actual friend, like Jack and I got invited 
to said person's like house to hang out and whatever. So that'll be, you know, on a later day. And he's just like a fascinating, lovely, interesting person who he's been training me all week. And I just am like, I like him a lot and it feels good. It feels like it's going to be slow moving and, you know, it's almost kind of immature of me to think that I would have moved here and it would have been perfect and roses and confetti and flowers. Like the second that I got here, you know, it's not the first time that I've moved. I've uprooted everything and moved somewhere new, you know, so you'd think I'd know better at this point. I'm just, I think I just like, as a, defense mechanism of my spirit I like make up these narratives where I'm like oh it'll be great everything will be fine like I know what I'm doing and I'll get a job and blah 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 and I think that's just being like uh, putting my head too far up my ass so this week has been like a plunge of my head out of my ass and uh, honestly it's the end of the week and I feel good so it was all worth it and it, it all had to happen in that sequence to feel the way that I feel today. So we're talking about insecurities and self-worth. If you haven't fucking picked that up yet, if not, then you've probably just been skipping through my intro, which is like, why, bitch? Like, this is the good shit. This is like the us shit. This is like the I've come over to your house. We're drinking a glass of wine, even though I'm not drinking right now, because like I said in the in the mini-sode, I'm not trying to drink and do the podcast because I think that I, until I'm less nervous, then I can have a drink. And, and if I'm nervous and drinking, it's because I'm trying to combat my nerves and I should be able to do that without a substance. You know what I mean? I think that's a, that's a better way to go about understanding that emotion of nervousness and what that comes from and whatever. But anyway... But imagine like I'm at your house right now. I just brought over a really nice bottle of your favorite wine. I don't fucking care what it is. Like I obviously know you well enough. So I brought over the right shit for me. It's going to be something light and bubbly. That's my fave. Just in case you guys want to send me Dom Perignon. Then like, I mean, I'm not going to stop you if you want, but like, you know, whatever. So I'm over at your house and we're like hanging out and I'm just like unwinding. Um, no one actually sent me a question in. It was more like suggestions and conversations about things that are going on in your life, which I thought was really interesting because it's not like a format that I anticipated. Um, I think it was mostly just people being comfortable enough with me via the podcast or via being like having personal relationships where they're like, yeah, no, I've been feeling this kind of way about that and insecure about this. And will you talk about this? And it, at at the beginning of the week, really stifled me because I was like, how the fuck am I going to do this? Um, But I thought that we should kind of just have a, we should just go for like a little walk through the whole, the all-encompassing self-worth and the all-encompassing insecurities. And so I've asked a very, 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 very special guest to interview me, um, about, you know, ask me questions about my self-worth and my insecurities. That way I'm a little, it'll keep me a little more on my toes. It'll keep my responses fresh and it'll be more like freshly prompted instead of me being like, hi, this is what I'm insecure about. Because I feel like when we talk about those things with our friends, we kind of already have like a subconscious script of what we are comfortable sharing as far as our insecurities and and what inhibits our self-worth and what supports our understanding of our self-worth. And 
I kind of wanted to throw my own self off. So I've asked the person that sees me every day, that knows me the best, probably sees and understands my insecurities and things like that in a different way on a deeper level than I probably do myself because he has the closest eye view to me than I do to myself. And that is Jack. And he's sitting next to me right now. Uh, I told him to think about questions to ask me last night to prepare for today. And when I asked him today, he said he completely forgot. So I guess we'll both be really off the cuff right now. Also, this is my first experience interviewing someone for the pod with one singular microphone. So we're going to have to see how this works. I'm anticipating a lot of editing to do, um, which hopefully you guys will be none the wiser of because hopefully my editing will be good enough. I'm getting a good grip on the editing thus far. I'm going to prepare my interviewer and then we're going to come back with some good hard hitting questions about insecurities and self-worth. Okay, we're back. I have my trusty boyfriend with me. We figured out the mic setting, and so hopefully this sounds good. But, like, I'm asking you guys, if the mic ever sounds fucky and you can identify it, you should let me know. Don't set me up for failure. Friends don't do that to friends, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so with that being said, let's get right to it, babe. Okay. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jack. (laughs) Everyone listening knows you. I don't really know what else to say. No, no, no. That's good. That's good. We're establishing our different voices. I hope you guys can tell our voices apart. It's pretty easy to tell the difference. Honestly, I mean, you'd think so, but anyway. So let's talk about insecurities. So let's just get it out there right now that Jack's probably not the world's best interviewer. So this is probably going to be a little bit more of a dialogue. Which is like a nice way to put like a guided interview. So we're just going to be talking and I'm going to move one headphone so I can hear both of us and me at the same time. What are your insecurities, Jackie? What do you feel insecure about? Um, Honestly. uh, It can be anything. It can be like big. It can be little, like superficial or really deep. You can go both. Okay, well, one of the one thing I've thought about recently is my <laughs> my front teeth. <laughs> They're I grind my teeth at night, and uh, it's kind of hard to explain when you're not looking at it. But my two front teeth are bigger than all my other teeth, and so they stick down really far, and you can see them first, like when I open my mouth. Uh-huh. So it kind of looks like I have goofy buck teeth. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know. Well, okay. So <laughs> I feel like that's so funny that you say that because when I first met you, I remember your teeth specifically when we first met. And I remember thinking that they were so unique to your face. And I thought they were really cute. Like they're not super like centered down the front of your face. Like your teeth kind of shift to the, to the, right if I'm looking at you but it would be your left like your front two teeth shift to your left instead of being centered like the front two splitting down the front of your nose like they're over a little and I just remember thinking they were really cute and I'm at looking at your teeth right now as you're grimacing at me like a demon <laughs> they're like pretty so 
I feel like conversation number one, topic number one is like your insecurities are never perceived by your audience as much as they are by you. Because I remember looking at your teeth and being like, I'm going to like, I remember those about you. Like they're cute. Like I like them a lot. And I just don't know what you're talking about when you're like, they're so much bigger than your teeth. Well, I think it's just I've noticed over time because it wasn't always mm-hmm. like that. My teeth are more even because I literally grind my teeth so fucking hard I wish hard we had like night. progress pics. I know. That I want you, you guys to know that when Jack are. grinds his teeth at night, I wake up like from a dead, like, is it called REM? That's like your yeah. deep sleep. I will wake up from that to your fucking jaw chattering it's pretty gross and i'll wake up to sloan grabbing my i grab his jaw every time and i say stop freaks me out yeah and then i can't go to sleep because i know i was grinding my teeth well i can feel my tightened jaw yeah and you know what's so weird is jack doesn't grind his teeth like in a circle like you imagine like a cow chewing grass he grinds it side to side like a fucking skeleton from the 40s he's like I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) But like, okay, so you're insecure about your teeth, which are something that I thought was cute about you. And that's so funny because I I always make comments about, I mean, a million things about the way that I look. But specifically like my nose and stuff being big. That's something that you... Yeah, I like your big nose. Yeah. (laughs) It's not not that big. No, I mean, I know. Like, listen, when I was younger and I had a really, a a lot smaller understanding of beauty and and a lot more, like, um, what's it called? God, our neighbors are so fucking loud. They're so distracting. Uh, A more curated sense of beauty, like, when I was little and I would, like, look at just, like, what society was projecting to me as beauty. And that's all I had. I didn't have, like, a, like, a comprehensive understanding of the way that that's being shown to me you know like when you're 11 you're not aware of the ways that beauty is being advertised to you you just think that those things are beautiful and then you unlearn that shit as you get older when you suddenly realize like oh well no matter what i fucking do i will never be 510 and i will never weigh 125 pounds like I'm 5'7", and I weigh 175 pounds, and no matter fucking what, even if I work my ass off at the gym, that weight changes as far as the way it looks on my body, but it always stays the same, whether it's muscle mass or, like, fat, whatever, and then you're just kind of like, okay, I guess I have to cope with this, so now I have to unlearn all this shit, but, like, when I was younger, I used to think, like, my nose was fucked up, and I've, I mean, I always thought that I was, like, air quotes with my fingers right now like fat i've always had a really hard time with body dysmorphia in that way but what's hard about being self-aware and also having crippling like body image issues is that you're completely aware of the things that contributed to that way that your mind thinks that frame of mind and at the same time you are addicted and obsessed with the sensation of doing that thing to yourself, feeling that way about yourself, feeling like hateful towards yourself. I mean, personally for me, that really escalated, that really manifested when I was like 16 and became like a physical addiction that I was struggling with. Um, you know, like self harm, uh, and stuff. But I mean, as a guy, did you ever feel like insecure about your body image like in high school? Mm, I mean, 
Not really. If were I, you aware of the way you looked? Like, did you know that you really. were a good look? Because I See, look that's back. So weird. I look back at photos of myself in high school, and like at the time, I remember like thinking like, "Oh, this is like a cool outfit," or "This is like <laughs> cool what I'm doing." But so in Jack- reality, I have this weird ass chin goatee going on Mm -hmm. and like i'm wearing a fucking like shitty cardigan from goodwill like cargo shorts and like god like i just look i look different so when i post the instagram ad like like blast for this sunday with sloan this coming sunday i'll include a picture of jack being young like a few of him and then a few of me also because i look back on pictures and I'm hoping to break this cycle. But I look back on pictures of me when I was 16, 17, and I was so cute. And I just hope I don't continuously look back. Like, if I look back on a picture of me right now, 21, almost 22, uh, and think when I'm 27, like, oh, I was so cute. I hated myself that whole time. Because that's how I feel when I look back on pictures of me when I'm 16. Like, I looked so fucking cute. And I had... I, if you think that I'm wicked to myself now, you should have seen me then. Like, yeah, horrible. Definitely. There was a really big mirror in my bedroom when I was like 16, like covered the wall. Like it almost looked like a studio, like a ballet studio mirror, except just a little bit smaller. Like it wasn't touching the floor or anything. And I remember specifically going out to Urban Outfitters. Think I'm six. I'm 16. So think of the era when it was like, everyone wanted like tapestries to cover their room like that was so like fucking corny but back then it was like cool as shit and i got a tapestry i measured the size of that mirror and i got a tapestry to cover it because i literally could not live every day having to look at myself like that in my room was it attached to the wall like you couldn't no it was on the fucking wall yeah no like my parents probably wanted to use that room as a workout room, and instead they had a fucking teenager. So <laughs> instead of like trying to hide the fact that they would rather use the room for something else, I just lived in it instead. And yeah, I covered the shit out of that with the quickness. I covered that thing up, and I did not move it for like two years. Wow. I could not do that. I could not do that. I couldn't. That would have been really hard. All right, babe, why don't you ask me a question about insecurities or something? Oh, What's something that you've been wanting to ask? Like, ask, even if it uh, feels like private. This is what I want. I want to share this stuff with people because uh, maybe they want to hear it or it's interesting or somebody will feel relief or it's just like tea. <laughs> okay. What was like. The turning point, I guess, when you went, because you mentioned earlier how you were, like, so wicked to yourself. What was, like, what changed or what was the turning point where you stopped being like that and how you are now? That what? Be more specific for people who don't, can't read your mind like I can read your mind. Okay, so when did you stop being extremely terrible to yourself and start being better to yourself like mentally about i don't fucking know 
about then, like insecurities yeah about insecurities okay so that's so funny because i actually have like a defining moment that oh, like changed well, everything go. like seriously so all of high school all of my life i've been aware of the way that my body looked which is so funny thinking about asking you as a as a guy not thinking about the way that you looked at all all i've ever been taught whether it was subconscious or or like very very obviously is like to pay attention to the way that i look and the way that people look at me as a woman I as mean, a female so up until high school i had always been aware and been conscious of looks and being pretty and how I wasn't and comparing that to the prettier version, the prettier person, there's always a prettier person than you. If you want to go down that road and you want to compare yourself to people, there's always a prettier person than you. If that's the world you want to live in, it's there for you. The world wants you to live in that world because that's how they sell you shit to, to quote, make you prettier. Okay. So once I got to high school and I got into a relationship where it mattered to me that I was the prettiest to this person is when things got really, really scary. When I, this is like first love relationship. This isn't like kiss you four times, we date for two weeks, like then we break up. This is someone that I was with for like a long time. Uh, that's when it got really scary because I suddenly realized that that was so important to me and it felt like white hot like flame like i had to be the most attractive person on the face of this on the face of the earth to the person that i was in love with or i would be nothing and so i'm 16 and that's my frame of mind and i don't know why or what that means or why i feel that way that was just the goal and throughout that whole relationship, with that being my goal, like if I'm the prettiest and the loveliest and whatever, then this person can love me the most. This person will love me the most. That's what I put that that was the platter I put my self worth on, which is really just like a thin fucking sheet of ice. Really, that's not sustainable. It's tor. It's terrible. It's torture. So. At the end of that relationship, I had put myself through the whole thing feeling that way. And me and this person were perfectly matched for each other because we were the worst things about each other. And we brought out the worst things about each other. Like, I love this person. I loved this person. And I have love for this person now. And I'd say we were, we're, we're friends now. Um, or at least friendly. I mean, we haven't talked, but like... I care about this person and now, but like we were that defining relationship for each other. That was heinous. Like I got to bring out all of my internal demons and put them on the plate for this person and then look at them. And I assigned the blame for all of my own shit on them. And I feel like a lot of us have that relationship or we're in it right now. And like, they're really important and hopefully you can come out of those with more insight. And so that takes me to answer your question. Like at the end of that relationship, when I just like knew I couldn't do it anymore, I was literally lying on my bed and like 
actually lying in like a pool on my sheets of like snot and tears and like bleeding on myself from like my self-inflicted like wounds you know and it was so like I literally was like soaking my sheets and I was like I can't I can't do it anymore and I don't know how that happens for other people and sometimes it just doesn't but for me it was so like come to Jesus funny enough to call back on that fucking uh, tapestry I put over the mirror I took it down that day mm. yeah and that was it seriously I, I talked to my parents after not really communicating with them or just yelling at them or ignoring them and living like a fucking roommate in their house for almost a year and a half. I was like, I need you to help me or I will not, I cannot, I will not, I will fucking kill myself. And at this point in my life, we were all pretty aware that that was like either the next step or I was going to get help. Uh, so I did. I don't, I don't, I can't, I wish I could say like I took some magical steps and then that's the formula, but it just felt like turning a light switch on. It was so black and white. It felt like I literally had experienced so much excruciating pain that my body was like, you've done enough. This is it. This is all you can take. Like I, I maxed my threshold like tenfold and that was it. And so, yeah, I asked for help. I went to my therapist a few times, like pretty frequently. And my parents, if there's one thing that they did do in those times is like when I asked them to show up when it was the most important, they did um, financially with paying for that therapist who was really expensive, but like a really big pillar in my life. Like he's an amazing guy and he saved my life. And that's it. I just remember being like, I cannot sustainably live this way anymore. And it's not like it eradicated all of my shit. I mean, you see me mm-hmm. in my really bad moments. But those are my really bad moments post that. I was going to say, like, from what you've ex- what you've described to me in your past, like, you're... This is obviously, for everyone listening, not Jack's first time hearing any of this. Yeah, your bad moments are um, not nearly as bad as, like, what... Not even close. Been. My first instinct, so when I was in those in those pits of insecurity and self-worth, and my self-worth was so predicated on the way somebody else felt about me and, and t- told me they felt about me, um, my first instinct was I was so scared to make them th- feel or to present anything other than, like, lovely... You know, I, I was so afraid to be like, I mean, it's so complicated because I say these things, but I also was like, we would cry, we would fight, we would yell, we would be ugly together. But that was so watered down from how I actually felt because I was so afraid to actually just be myself that I was like. I had that mindset where I was like, if I fully express how these things make me feel to this person, they will leave me. So my instinct was to turn around and and 
express the pain within myself and that turned into self-harm. Uh, so to be, to maintain control of how hugely hurt I felt, I would physically hurt myself and it felt like probably the, a similar sensation of like taking a drug where it felt like release. It didn't feel like I was expelling it from my body or feeling, you know, it just was like addicting. It was like the first thing I knew to do and be like, okay, if someone's yelling at you, keep a straight face, look cute and pretty. And, and like in high school at this time that I was experiencing this, all of this really deep hurt, I was also really cute and very popular, like in high school. But I would go home and like slice the shit out of my legs, like really high up. No one ever saw. Uh, and it was just a way for me to discipline myself. I think the way that I was so insecure in the way that people looked at me and the way that I looked at myself, I hated myself so much. And then I would use the way that other people looked at me as fuel for that hatred. And then I would release it through this physical abuse on my own body and in my own heart and soul and my brain and the way I would literally stand in the mirror and say it out loud, like whisper to myself, like I like the worst things you could, you would never say to someone else, you know, it like felt good. It felt like I was being honest with myself. Like everyone thinks you are like this. So at least you're being honest. I don't know. It was like my release. It was like my way to go day to day. It's really fucking dark. Mm -hmm. It's really crazy, and I still feel those cravings a lot. I know. I know you know. I know, because every time I do, for you guys listening, when I feel those ways, I feel like the better thing that I've learned to do is to verbalize it instead of physically do it. Even if it sounds heinous, I'll be like, I want to fucking do this to myself and do this to myself and do this to myself. And it's not even a fraction of a fraction as satisfying. It never feels as good as actually physically harming myself. But it definitely helps pass the moment by. It helps me push through that feeling. And it's so unsatisfying. But in the moment. But what's the most satisfying is is knowing the next day or hours later like that I didn't do that thing that I don't want to do anymore. And that I like am doing a better job at taking care of myself than I was before. And that bar is kind of set low. But it doesn't have to be set that high. Like if the bar is like at least I'm not cutting myself. That's fine. That's honestly where I am right now. And just giving myself that much grace has propelled me to the place that I'm in now, which I feel like a lot of people like to tell me is really impressive. And I know to listen to that as much as I listen to like the dialogue in my head that's like, you're a fat, fucking, ugly, worthless, disgusting piece of shit. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm listening to both because that's what I know to do right now. And I know that that's better than what I was doing before. But anyway, yeah. To answer your question, it was that moment. All right. What other questions do you have, honey? Um, 
I mean, I think it's an interesting vantage point because this is not something we've done before where we've sat down and, and had like a conversation where I ask you to ask me questions about the things that you see me do. Like when we're going out and I'm trying to get dressed and then something happens in my head and that switch is hit or that sensitive button is pushed where I'm like catatonic. I mean, Jack sees me getting dressed. I'll change three times and then I'll feel that feeling in the back of my throat coming up from my stomach like oh fuck it's happening and then I will have to like lay down and like cry and like clutch the pillow because I am so filled with like disgust for the way that I look that I don't know what to do it's pretty bad about how you feel when I have those moments when you oh. see like insecurities also be conscious of your wiggling Jack is a wiggler like wiggly toes wiggly body wiggly everything whenever we're like doing idle things or like he's reading or we're just hanging out he's like wiggle master wiggly boy mm. so how I feel when Slan gets upset with herself like Talk me through, like, what it looks like to you. Do you remember, like, the first time I was like that? Like, how it felt? Did it feel like you had never seen that before? Or, like, talk me through I mean, the whole experience. It's not like I've never seen that before. Like, I get it. I understand. But it's still one of those things where... Uh no matter what I say, it's Sloan. You already have like this mindset of how you look and how you are. Mm -hmm. So no matter what I'm going to say, like if I tell you, oh, that looks cute or that looks pretty, et cetera, et cetera, uh, it doesn't really change it. Because mm -hmm. you're already in your mind, like, this looks terrible, I look fat, I look ugly, I look, my hair looks shitty, or things like that. So, like, when you ask me, you're like, does this look good, or does my hair look like this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, what, it doesn't matter what I say, like, mm -hmm. it just, it, it kind of just shoots right through you. Or maybe for, like, a second it helps, but then you maybe change into something else and that literally just like that your feelings Knocks us come back to like come back square yeah. one yeah exactly yeah i feel like i mean what's so weird and kind of scary about this feeling is like right now i feel really safe and secure and i'm honestly just in a good mood and i'm like happy right now and so i'm capable of being self-aware because i have i'm giving myself the patience that's what's really fucked up about being like insecure like that is that it's all self-inflicted and when I'm in these moods that I feel okay I have this wherewithal where I'm like you do that to yourself honestly even when I'm in those like blind rage moments I know that I'm doing it to myself mm -hmm. and that that's what also it's the same thing that makes me want to fucking be harmful to myself whether it's physically or verbally abusive to myself 
it's that same self-awareness that makes me right now think like I know I do that to myself and therefore I have the power to not do that I have the option to opt out I have the option to listen I have the ability to, to have that conversation with myself where it's like it's okay you're okay nothing evil that you're saying right now is going to magically change how you look and then change the way you feel about it I think what's really hard about being insecure is that it's like our favorite thing to do and I don't know if it's, it's human nature but we're definitely taught to do it through humor through advertising and the way that we interact with each other like we're told never to be being cocky is ugly being you know and and I feel like the line has been so blurred what cocky actually means versus being appreciative of yourself like every time I say something nice about my spirit my soul my qualities I always feel conscious of like addressing them like not to toot my own horn but I really like that I'm able to do this instead of just being like oh I really like I really like my blah 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 whatever physical or non-physical attribute I always feel like I have to preface that with like some excuse of like you know also I feel like being self-deprecating is easier it is easier and it's also almost a trend that you see on the internet it is a trend huh and in the millennial age yeah. it is so much a trend I mean I don't feel like like when I think about watching like Mad Men which is a really good biopic of like the 50s 60s 70s culture none of those people specifically men so it takes it's it takes kind of a left turn at just being gendered off at men like white men specifically but those men never say those things they're like being humble is just pretty much not like whipping your dick out that's like the limit you can nearly do everything but that and then i feel like we now are definitely not like that we don't even pat our own fucking backs just um, just think of how many jokes and shit you see on the internet like browsing through like fucking instagram or twitter or like whatever just think how many like jokes you see that are like self-deprecating just Mm -hmm. like uh i can't think of any examples no i definitely can think of so many yeah i can think of a few people off the top of my head that we both know that like only communicate humor through self-deprecation and it's fucking uncomfortable by the way well i hate myself like oh my god i did this today like even saying that online like you hate yourself like that's so extreme i feel like we have disassociated ourselves from what that fucking entails like that is so big to say that you hate yourself fucking i do it like once a day at least in a really light humorous way and it's actually not funny you know what i mean when you think about what i just shared with you guys and the people that know me who've known those things about me when you say things like that like there's like a cachet of experiences that file into that one sentence that you just said that like i don't know i think i just i want to learn to unlike that i want to learn to think that that's not funny anymore because i don't think that i like that so have you ever felt 
anything close to what I have felt and that you've witnessed, like insecure about yourself, maybe not your physical appearance, but just like, can you think of any experiences that you've had? I mean, no, not really. Nothing to like the extent that you've experienced it. Well, I mean, it's not like a dick size competition. I'm just, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying like, I don't think like, I'm just trying to think of it any time or example where i've or do you know anyone like one of your buddies that was like that don't say anyone's name for to respect their privacy no see we don't fucking share stuff like that very often (laughs) do you think that there i mean i I don't want to say do you think because i don't want to lead you up to a question that we all know the answer to already but there's definitely a massive disconnect not to say that there isn't a lot of like insecurities about image with men it's just a really different plate that's being served that way like the fact that you never were aware of the physical appearance of your body to other people on the level that women are like you won't be able to understand and so i get that but i also don't understand that's like alien to me that liberation of being like this looks cool this outfit looks cool and i don't care like that's fucking phenomenal that's so special to have experienced that in those like formative years. Yeah. Um Honestly, I'd say if anything, I had less insecurities in high school mm. compared to now. What are your insecurities now? Well, like I said earlier, like my fucking big chomper teeth. They're not. <laughs> but I know. And then mean. like I don't know. You get, like, the basic, uh, I mean, I don't want to sound, like, honey, just high and, like, mighty over here, but, so like, Honey, we just talked about how you don't need to preface those things. But, like, I don't really feel like I have that many insecurities, and if I do, it's, they're very small. Like, they don't affect me that much. So, like... Me, like, my height. I'm not very tall. I'm, like, 5'9", five 5'10". Five like, yeah, it'd be cool if I was, like, 6'2", six 6' even. Like, you know. But, like, the thought comes into my mind. Like, I'm, like, oh, I'm not that tall. And then, like, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think about it again for, like, until something, like, reminds me of it. I don't really know. Like, when I'm at a fucking concert or something literally everyone in front of me i can't see by them Mm -hmm. like that kind of shit Mm -hmm. it's but like it doesn't like like, follow you home and torture you never not to say that they're not valid and like important yeah true but it's just like it me personally my insecurities don't affect me on a day-to-day basis or very often at all like Mm. it's kind of like if something reminds me of it in that split second i'll be like well shit that kind of sucks so do you ever think about insecurities in the workplace because we had somebody write in a friend of both of ours who was talking to me about how they feel undeserving of their position in the workplace even though they're more qualified and capable and just because like it has a lot to do with the fact that the people who report to him are older than him. 
I do you ever feel have you ever felt like insecure in the workplace or I've never like had to like be a like no one's ever reported to me that's older than me but I have had to like train people of a position that are older than me and that's I can understand where that insecurity comes from because it feels kind of strange because it's like you're older than me like technically you should have more experience than me not necessarily in this job but like I get it that feels kind of weird sometimes the like and I understand where that what's insecurity comes the, what's from what's the archy called when you're older than people I don't it's like the age agearchy <laughs> like hierarchy of oh. age uh, I don't think there's a specific word well, for that. Well, I just that. coined it, so somebody trademark that shit and make me a millionaire. But, like, I get what, where they're coming from. Like, mm-hmm. someone reporting to you that's older than you, and you might think, like, they don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because I'm some fucking 20-some-year-old kid. Yeah, they might look at and you and you're, like, the And they're, like, 30 or 40 50 maybe like i think at that point you just have to be you have to understand that you were chosen to be that person in that position and so exactly you kind of have to relax into that and it goes back to the root of everything we're saying where like acknowledging your self-worth is always the secondary thing that we do after we are harmful to ourselves So, first, we, like, talk shit on ourselves. We justify a narrative that's been taught to us with negative conversation. Where we're like, yeah, X, Y, and Z means that I'm not good enough for A, B, C. But I, I, and trust me, as someone who, like, definitely doesn't have a handle on reversing that and talking my self-worth first and then dissecting that that like insecure dialogue that's like negative after I always go for the negative first because I am obsessed with doing that and I'm addicted to doing that and I will always be addicted to doing that and I'll always have to admit to that and then consciously be aware of that but like you deserve to be you all the time you are special and worthy of the place that you're in um in your workplace but also as a person in your life uh you are worth yourself you are so you are so invaluable because of their your your uniqueness as a person that you got that position at work and that that is your position that you've been assigned people chose you to do that because they know that you're capable of doing that So let that support your dialogue that you have with yourself when you're feeling like, I'm not worth this position. Like, if you can't say that to yourself, at least understand that other people chose you to be there. And so, like Jack and I were talking about before, especially like with your teeth and with my nose, like other people don't see those things that you see they don't even know what that looks like for you. I don't even know what it must look like for you to look in the mirror and think that your teeth are big. 
I can't even make that happen in my eyes. Like, I don't see you with big front teeth. I, like, see your cute teeth that I always, like, remembered from the minute I met you, like, being so distinctive of you. And I thought they were so cute how when you smiled, your front teeth were, like, a little crooked, like, off to the side. Like, you have really straight teeth. But they didn't just, like, line up. It was just so cute. It was, like, a quirk of your face. And that's how you feel about my nose. Like, that's how people perceive all of the things about you physical or not or non-physical that we look at ourselves and we're like shame on you for that but other people are like no way and that's just in the workplace like I think that if you wanted to you could dissect that and then expand that and apply that to any self-worth interaction with yourself and dialogue with yourself like that's what I've had to train myself to do, even if it's not my first emotional language and dialogue with myself. It's like talking through those things of like, you are special and you are deserving of you because of this. And, you know, there's a lot of talking down we have to do with ourselves and it's really uncomfortable, but if you do it enough, You'll get the hang of it and uh, it starts to stick and make a little more sense and even if it feels kind of ridiculous like it'll feel better when you are walking down the street one day and you just realize that you haven't self-harmed in two and a half years three years and you're in places that you never thought you'd be and you're supporting yourself emotionally and Literally in ways that you never, like your little self who was in a worse place than you are now, could ever imagine. And like, to be proud of yourself, those are all things that contribute to your self-worth that are really magical if you let them in, you know? And if you let those wash over your insecurities every so often to like really clean the wounds out, like... I am not asking of anyone, including myself, to magically heal those wounds, sew them up, close them up, heal the scars on a speedway, and fucking, like, scar remove them. You know what I mean? Like, they're there. They'll probably be active and open for a long, 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 long time. Just remember to clean them. Keep them clean. And they'll heal slow, 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 slow. But you just want to keep them clean. That's kind of where I'm at with myself. Is just learning to keep my wounds, my self-worth and insecurities, those things that cut into, the insecurities that cut into my self-worth. I keep them clean so they can heal slowly. But honestly. And and uh, in a healthy way. Um, somebody else wrote into me about your environment. And surrounding yourself with the right kind of people. And I think that that's a really tricky thing. Because that kind of comes as an ebb and flow. As you move on. from and, and, and learn that dialogue of being supportive and healthy with yourself. You move away from people who are speaking the same language as you. Like okay imagine that your self-worth is a continent with a, di- a bunch of different countries. And... 
the first country you are born in and that's your that's your self-worth from the get-go and your um understanding of your self-worth and your insecurities and that's what you learn and you learn and you speak that language first and then you start learning that you can travel out more and every other country speaks a different language and the more you travel the more you pick up their dialect and then you can have small conversations and then longer conversations and then more in-depth conversations I feel like that's how it feels to grow yourself, grow your emotional self, and grow your understanding of yourself, um, and expand your surroundings. So then you have a lot of options and you can see what different surroundings in- influence your emotional culture within yourself. Uh, and I think that for some people, it takes a while, but suddenly from all of those different cultures and environments of emotional interaction you can kind of glean like this environment makes me do this or I do this when I'm in this environment and then when I'm in this environment I do this and this is better for me and when you can the second that you can kind of hint you get a whiff of like what works better for you what environment you should go for it and commit to that and learn that And again, with the self-worth that your self-worth is independent of anyone. So if you need to move from country to country inside of this emotional continent, you can pack up and leave all your shit behind and get new shit. Uh, And it might be better that way. It might be hard because you have memories and attachments to that old shit. But if this new environment is much better for you and this new culture is more healthy for you, you should do that. And that's how I've kind of conceptualized the way this person wrote into me and they were sharing with me that their their connection in their new environment really, really helped shed them, at, like shed like 12 pounds of emotional weight that they were carrying about their self-worth and their insecurities. Uh, and I feel like that's a really good way that I've tried to understand the way that that looks for me. And I've definitely done a lot of moving across that emotional continent. And I have definitely left a lot of shit behind. And it still kind of draws up an ache and a pain every so often. But I never miss anything too much. If you are here in my life right now as a personal friend of mine, just know that you are contributing to the healthiest emotional person that I have ever been and I have selected you I have I and I'm very picky because of the different things that I've learned across this traveling period throughout my emotional universe you know um yeah this is all really tricky stuff it's really 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 hard So, like I said before, give yourself a blue ribbon for every little step you you make and leave that baseline really low, which I feel like a lot of people won't say, but it's honestly, it's for me at least the best way I've learned to grow is like set the standard really fucking low, but keep making really small goals. Don't ever... If, and if you ever get really comfortable in a way where deep down inside you know that you're subduing some growth that's kind of knocking at the door, like, get uncomfortable again. 
You know what I mean? Because, like, we don't know why we're here or what we're doing here or what the purpose is and what where we go after. So all we know is what's going on right now. And I would just, I'm so selfish with that that I would much rather have a really, really, the best, I will always strive for the best experience that I can have with the way that the, that my world is and the way that my living and my spirit and my soul and my conscious exists right now I would rather make that the best that it could possibly be like a fucking spiritual emotional hedonist than I would like not like I will always be in the pursuit of the best way to live right now and I feel like that's a really good way to live your life at least that's the model that I've lived after and you guys are so smart. You know that there's a zillion ways to do this. So this is just one of those many, many ways. This is just a tiny little drop in a fucking massive ocean. And so take it or leave it. Like, please. It's, that's up to you. But from my experience, I've just been patient with myself. And my self-worth has ended up growing so much faster than I could ever imagine by being patient and gracious with those tiny, tiny, tiny steps that I've made from that really low threshold. And I have a lot more to go. Um, and we all do. I don't care who you are, where you're at in your life, how old you are. You have a lot further to go, just like I do. And, and that's kind of a uniting force that we have as humans. Um, and everyone is insecure. The person that you look at right now that you think literally shits diamonds, like shits perfect shits, is so insecure and then also has someone that they look at like that too. Uh, and I just don't feel like we do enough sharing of that vulnerable side. It's also really scary to do that and it's hard and it makes people uncomfortable. But this is... I, I hope to share this with you guys so that maybe those dialogues will happen more. And I think that they are already, anyway. Um, I feel like that's a lot. I feel like that's enough for us this on this My Friday, Your Sunday. So, um, I really love you guys. And I hope that we can keep this conversation going because I love hanging out with you every Sunday. Um, you're my favorite people to talk to. What, babe? If I could just say one more thing. Yeah. Everyone who follows, on Instagram, who follows, like, mm. the dumbass Instagram influencers that post, like, their, I, I don't even know, you know, like, their pictures of their bodies or, like, Anything like showing themselves off, these perfect Instagram models living perfect lives, like don't believe that shit. It's it's fake. It's all edited. It's all like done on it's just fake. It's mm -hmm. photoshopped. It's fake. Go do it. Go on Say Reddit. <laughs> go on R slash Instagram reality. And, like, you'll be blown away. It's crazy. You know, actually, one time I was having, like, a really bad episode. 
And I think that you pulled that up for me. And I think we sat on that Reddit page for like, what is it called? Not a Reddit page. What's it called? Subreddit. We sat on that subreddit for a good like hour, if not like 30 minutes. And I was just like, what? It's crazy. It's pretty mind blowing. There's some, you kind of got to have to weed through like. Some of them are like Some of them hate. are very blatant and obvious. Like obviously this person has like this fake ass filter on. But there's some other ones that are very subtle and like if you didn't really know what you're looking for you would not notice it but even like the you'll be surprised even the biggest like biggest influencers on, on instagram and shit are editing their fucking photos mm-hmm. and, what's and it's so ridiculous annoying is that most of us recognize that and yet we internalize that as the standard it's Which very is, weird because we're all pretty aware that there's like this, there's so yeah. much that you can do. And I feel like for me, at least I'll still look at those people and be like, yeah, but if you took the filters off, they still, but if you took the filters off, they look fucking crazy. Like, or normal. No, no. Look, what's her face? I can never remember her goddamn name for some reason. Which, uh, what? Hit me with some references. Uh, Tana. Kylie Jenner. Kylie. Kylie Jenner's face had surgery done to it to look perfect in a photograph if you ever watch her in like an interview or her talking it looks freaky her lips look fucked up she looks like what is she like 22 years old she just turned 22 okay she's 22 she looks like she's about to turn 40 years old Ooh, she's gonna come for you Jeff. i don't <laughs> what? Who? Kylie no. Kylie listens to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, fucking right. And she's coming for you. 40 might be an exaggeration, but like, she looks crazy. If you ever look at like yeah, anything that's not like a weird. still front facing picture of her with makeup on and shit, like, take the makeup off, film her from like a slight angle, and like, t- watch her talk, watch her like be a normal human being. It looks fucked up. It does look weird. It looks crazy. They're literally sculpted so like they'll look perfect on Instagram. That selfie, it's like perfect for them <sighs> to take a selfie. And that's Can what they want to look like. Can you imagine a plastic surgeon providing like an Instagram package? I wouldn't even be surprised. They'd probably be like, how can I look best in a photo? Like give me whatever looks best oh in a God. picture of myself. Yeah. That's what I want. That's what they do. I mean, I could no. be completely wrong, but like, no. I mean, I mean, there's something to be weird. said about being aware of, to be a conscious observer of social media. I definitely catch myself getting real caught up. Like, why don't I look like that? And it's like, oh, I don't have the money to look like that. I mean, not that I they, think I would they, actually want to. Anyway, I mean, listen, I've gotten my lips done. And let's be real. Yeah, but that's just the tip of If the I didn't know, yeah, but also, if I didn't, if we weren't living in this moment right now, would I get my lips done? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's something to think about. Also, at one point, Ashton Kutcher had fucking jaw implants. No, he did, did not. Did you know did that? He? Yeah. Can we look at the Instagram once I, babe, I gotta end the episode. Oh, 
Well, yeah, he did at one point. And I didn't know either until Everybody, I saw Everybody, your today, biggest takeaway is go today. look at Ashton Kutcher's jaw implants. Love you. See you next Sunday. You we got them removed go. in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Say love you, bye, Jack. Say love, love you, you, bye.